Hey there, and welcome to the Jimmy's Table podcast at jimmystable.com. I'm your host, Jimmy Humphrey. I'm curiously evangelical, politically homeless, and a dreamer of small things. On this podcast, I'm having conversations about the intersection of faith, life, and culture. So if you have honest questions, aren't afraid to have difficult conversations, and want to have a little fun along the way, then pull up a chair. This podcast is for you. So today's episode 186 of the jimmystable.com podcast, and I'm going to talk about the ways to experience God. In today's podcast, I want to talk about how we can experience God. And I don't know, such an idea may sound a little woo-woo <laughs> to you, as if I can quote uh, my friend Daniel Rushing, uh, friend of the podcast. Thank you, Daniel, for that phrase, by the way. Um, you know, but it sounds a little woo-woo. To some people when we talk about experiencing God. and But I think talking about experiencing God and having this experience of God is ultimately of great significance. The idea of experiencing God, though, might sound a little troublesome, though, to some people. It kind of raises an eyebrow or two, like, hmm, something's wrong with somebody claiming to experience God. Because after all, if there is a God, then... It doesn't appear God's perceivable by any of our five senses. For example, I've never bumped into God in the same way that I bumped my toe against my nightstand in the middle of the night, the other night, when I got up to use the restroom. Never had an experience with God quite like that. (laughs) So for someone to claim to experience God, you know, we kind of automatically are suspect because we... We are physical creatures living in a physical world, and we claim to have these, to live in this world that's pure biology and physics and chemistry and all that sort of stuff. Everything that exists exists as tangible matter, uh, and it can be perceived by your five senses. And some would claim as a result that the claim to experience God is just a philosophical category that is just something that has to be denied as a possibility. Altogether, After all, if, if there is a God and God exists, he must exist outside of some sort of created order. Otherwise, we would have discovered him with a telescope by now. Um, and so therefore, if God exists, he exists entirely separated from a physical universe. And he, trans- he exists outside of all the created order. Um, otherwise, we would be aware of where God is on a map at some physical geographical point that can be located by Google. (laughs) So, if somebody then claims to experience God, that's kind of crazy talk, right? And we would almost kind of consider it borderline delusional in some circles, because categorically, philosophically, just not possible. How can you experience something that doesn't ex- exist in a physical way? Everything that exists exists physically, and we all would claim at a philosophical level that God does not exist at a physical level. Yet, in spite of such an agnostic philosophical objection to the idea of people experiencing God, There would be yet millions of people, perhaps I dare say even billions of people, in the world that would claim that it's not only possible to experience God, 
but they themselves have done that at some sort of level. For most people, this means, I believe, that God is experienced in a way that transcends our five senses and the realm of physical reality. That God is bigger than all of that, yet we ourselves are somehow able to tap into the divine and to experience God in a way that doesn't make any physical, biological, chemical, cosmological, philosophical sense. It's, it's beyond our ability to experience in our five senses, and we would claim that experience is fundamentally spiritual, and that we're not just biological, physical creatures, but that we are, yes, we have a biological and physical reality, but that there's also a spiritual reality that exists, and as a result of that spiritual realm and that, that heavenly place that exists out there, wherever that is, we would all claim that it's some way, somehow, that all of us have experienced some measure of God's presence and experiencing Him at some measure in our lives. And that experience ultimately transcends and cancels out and does away with any philosophical arguments to the contrary. As the old saying goes, a man with an argument is at the mercy of a man with an experience. And we live in a world in which millions, perhaps even billions of people would claim if you, you know, ask them if they've experienced something of the divine, if they've had some sort of encounter with a God, that many such people would claim, yes, I believe there is a God and I have experienced God in some fashion, form, or matter. Now what that is, is going to be different for everybody. Um, yet at the end of the day, we're still stuck with this reality that we live in a world and which millions and perhaps billions of people claim to have experienced something that is a philosophical, categorical thing that cannot be <laughs> experienced. Um, so we have the argument and we have the people saying, no, 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 the argument's wrong. I've experienced God. And then you just have the people with the argument saying, that's crazy. Um, and, you know, but when it comes to the experience of God, we, things get a little bit more complicated. For, for all the people that claim to have experienced God and to know something of his presence and to have a touch of the divine, there's a lot of different religious opinions as to exactly what that means. And it definitely puts us back into the realm of what <laughs> Daniel Rushing calls the woo-woo that I mentioned earlier. That's a fun phrase, right? <laughs> I think I think I, I don't know if that's a philosophical scientific term that he learned in uh, seminary or if that was a term that Daniel Rushing learned from watching a little bit of too much uh, Ric Flair wrestling <laughs> growing up. Woo woo, you know. Uh, anyway, I digress. Um, I'm gonna have to get Daniel on the show I, again. Daniel, if you're listening, you know, don't be afraid to hit me up. I'll get you back on the show sometime. Uh, uh, but, you know, so we have this woo-woo experience that so many people have, and it also makes a lot of people uncomfortable to kind of talk about because of this, like, seemingly vague, subjective, mysterious, and altogether iffy nature of it. And especially when it regard people making very 
different claims about what their experience was and how that experience informed their lives and what it taught them and what they actually experienced when they were experiencing the thing they were experiencing that they claim is God and his presence. Um, and so it leaves a lot of people like, ooh, this is, you know, I definitely understand the nervousness if you, if you think about these things at a uh, serious manner. Yet, at the end of the day, for those of us who have claimed to have some sort of transcendent experience with the divine, with God, and to ex- have that experience, no matter how much it's wrapped up in mystery and subjective feelings, in our guts we feel that this subjective, mysterious experience that we feel is God is still as concrete and as real as anything else we know in the universe. That our experience with God is just as real of an experience to me as it is when I stub my toe on the nightstand the other night in the middle of the night. Hopefully our experiences with God are a lot more pleasant than what I experienced the other night. And, uh, and, and hopefully yours has been too. But at the end of the day, it's just as real. And it's something that we just in our gut cannot deny as a reality of something that we've experienced in, in our, our lives. And as a Christian, when we talk about, you know, experiencing God's presence and, and knowing God and, and having an experience with him, as, as a Christian, I believe there's certainly a transcendent experience of God that all of mankind can experience in all of creation in some vague and general way. But I believe such experiences, they have their limits, um, and, and theologians call this kind of experience and this knowledge of God that's available in all of creation, to all of creation, as God's general revelation of himself. It's a knowledge and experience of God that's available to all of humanity and all of the created order. It's the feeling that one gets of God when one watches a sunset or sees a child laughing or just has a beautiful moment with a loved one. And it's that feeling of God that one gets that just reminds us that, you know, we're probably not alone in this universe and that there's something bigger than us. When we look out to the, the cosmos and see the heavens and see the stars and see their expanse and how great uh, they are and, and that greatness and that ginormous size of the universe just reminds us how great and beautiful and awesome God is. We experience God and 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 nature and, and through the cosmos and through family and friends and, and, and all these different ways that, you know, people would claim to experience God. And it's all wonderful and it's beautiful and it's good and we should affirm it. But as a Christian, I believe, though, as great as that mystical transcendent experience of God that's available in the general created order is... And it's something we should not under, you know, make a small treat as if it's some trivial thing. I believe, though, that God is best experienced through the person of Jesus Christ. For Christians, God goes from this vague cosmic Star Wars-like force in the universe, this woo-woo, to being someone that is personal and intimate and real and somebody that we can consider 
our friend. And that's ultimately what is at the heart of the incarnation of Jesus Christ, like we read about in the Gospel of John with with God made flesh. That's what it's ultimately all about. For the thousands of ways that God may be experienced through all of creation, it is through the incarnation of Jesus Christ that God becomes a person with a face that we can actually behold and is someone we can tangibly know and experience. Through Jesus Christ, God is no longer some impersonal cosmic deity that is shrouded in mystery that exists somewhere out there in the universe who feels like he's a million miles away and distant, but he's rather someone that can be experienced in the here and now, even as you and I know each other. As Christians, we believe that Jesus Christ is the very fullness and likeness of God, and to experience Jesus is to experience God in all the fullness of richness of how God wants us to experience him and to make himself known to this world. Jesus Christ is the fullness of God made flesh. And in that flesh, God has made himself fully known to the world through his Son. Our experience of God, therefore, as Christians, is a Christ-centered experience in everything. And I do mean everything else, by comparison, is incomplete. But what does that mean, you might ask, to experience Christ? For Jesus has ascended to the right hand of God in heaven, and we cannot, like John, claim to have touched, seen, and handled the bread of life. And it almost seems like it kind of puts us back at this philosophical square one of, okay, well, Jesus is up in heaven, and so it almost feels like we go back to this sort of God in the general universe revelation sort of sense of God that, okay, well, since Jesus is in heaven, then therefore our experience of God is this mystical experience that we have through the cosmos and all the other ways that God generally makes himself known. Yet, the scriptures tell us that when Jesus said that he would leave us and ascend to the Father, that he would not abandon us as orphans. Rather, that he would send the Spirit of God to live in our hearts, and that we would be carriers of God's very presence with us wherever we would go. And as a result, even though Jesus Christ is ascended into heaven at the right hand of God, through the Holy Spirit given to us to indwell our hearts, we get to continue to experience Jesus Christ in a very tangible way. So tangible and so real. He might as well still be physically present with us. And I think this is an important point to make. For often I hear many Christians speak of mystical and transcendent experiences with God, and, and I sympathize with such verbiages and, and understand what they mean, and I understand such experiences. But I think if we're not careful, it's a little, just, it's a little bit too sloppy for me to sit there and speak about the mystical and transcendent experiences with God, and to do so in a way as if speaking about these experiences is the pinnacle of spiritual experiences. And I think the writings of so-called 
Christian mystics, as they like to be labeled, and, and individuals like modern contemporary individuals like who would claim to be a Christian mystic like Richard Rohr, they just drip with such notions. And many people like him and admire him and many others like him and all these Christian mystics who seem to be operating and offering a spirituality that in essence just focuses on the mystical, focuses on the transcendent, and in my opinion, skips over Jesus Christ altogether, almost making Jesus seemingly unimportant, as if, as if experiencing the transcendent God is more important than experiencing Jesus Christ made flesh to live within us. But let me remind you, notions of transcendence and mystical experience, they fall into the category of general revelation. Mysticism, Christian mysticism, is a very elementary thing. It's grade school, folks. It's not the place where the graduate level of experience with God exists. And it's such a basic thing, I almost want to classify it as pagan. <laughs> and not pagan as in like Indiana Jones Temple of Doom sort of pagan, although maybe, you know. But, you know, even godless pagans, though, for example, have seemingly transcendent experiences with God where even though their lives are entirely divorced from following Christ, somewhere along the way, they seem to bump into God in some mystical form uh, and have, you know, experiences with God and the world that take their breath away and they don't know how to make sense of it all and, and they feel satisfied with a sense of the divine and, and leave it there. But that's very ABC level sort of stuff, folks. And I think it's a shame that so many of us in Christian circles are focusing on the ABCs. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, ABCs are important. We all got to learn them at some point. And we all have to in in include it in our experience. So don't think I'm saying, oh, just skip the mystical, skip the transcendent, skip all that. That's just ABCs. I still use the ABCs every day in my life, every time I log into work and type up some report and, and, and do the things that I do at work or when I speak, like I am speaking now, or if you go to jimmystable.com and, and find my podcast notes, you know, all that involves ABC sort of stuff. But Christ in you is greater than any transcendent experience of God and the general revelation of him in the world. That is, Jesus Christ living incarnate through the Holy Spirit in you and with you and through you in your day-to-day -day grind. That's the rich stuff of the faith and where Christ is truly experienced. And if Christ is in you and Christ is in others, just as the Bible teaches then the greatest of Christian experiences is not to, found in, to be in the mystical. It's not to be found in your personal devotional time with Jesus. It's not to be found in the praise and worship. It's not to be found in the elements of the bread and the wine. It's not to be found in fasting or praying or solitude or any of the other means of grace and spiritual disciplines that we have in these 
uh, all, all these you know, things, which don't get me wrong, they're important, and they definitely play an element into it. But the greatest of Christian experiences that you and I can have is not in our prayer closet away from everybody else, like some sort of desert hermit, but rather the greatest experience we can have with Christ. If Christ is in you and Christ is in others, then the greatest spiritual experience we can have in Christ is to be found in the presence of other Christians in Christ-centered community. And that's why, dear friends, if I can sound old school, we should never forsake the assembling of ourselves together as is the habit of some. For if we do such, we risk something. We risk becoming isolated, and we risk thinking our private mystical experiences by ourselves are greater than the experiences that we can have with one another in Christ-centered community. For it's only in being together with one another that we can be like John and claim to have seen, handled, and touched the bread of life. And everything else, as great as it can be, is just woo-woo. Everybody, this has been Jimmy Humphrey, jimmystable.com, episode 186, Ways to Experience God. If you've enjoyed this podcast, or if you've hated this podcast, and you want to have me have a transcendent experience through uh, the miracle of email, <laughs> email me, jimmy at jimmystable.com, and I'd love to dialogue and converse with you. Or talk to me over the phone, and we can have that, or Facebook, or Twitter, and all those places. If you've yet to subscribe to jimmystable.com, go to jimmystable.com slash subscribe, and you can find your favorite way to subscribe, whether it's through Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google, Amazon, and all the million ways you get to listen to this podcast. And if you haven't had your chance to leave a glowing five-star review, why haven't you done that? Act now, or wait again until next week. <laughs> And, and, and leave people and tell people what an amazing experience you had over at the Jimmy's Table um, podcast. And leave your glowing five-star review so other people know that there's a way they can experience something amazing. And they can do that through the Jimmy'sTable.com podcast. So everybody, this has been Jimmy Humphrey, Jimmy'sTable.com, where I'm having conversations about the intersection of faith, life, and culture. Take care, everybody. God bless. And have a good one. That's all I have to say. About that. That's the right on, man. You said it all.